0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: The best thing we can do for ourselves and for our families is to walk in obedience to the Lord. Doesn't mean we can do it perfectly, but you just walk in His ways. Keep His commands. Do our best to honor Him, obey Him. And just, just doing that, again, not without sin, not perfectly, but just doing that, we will avoid so much pain and so much destruction that is brought about by disobedience.
0: Anyone who wants to know God and walk closely with Him must obey Him. Obedience isn't always the natural response when your fleshly desires are pulling you in the opposite direction. There are countless examples of people in Scripture who walk closely with the Lord because of their obedience to Him. Pastor Dan will remind you in the message today that when you're obedient to God, you can hear His voice. Open the Word, read it, meditate on it, and allow it to shape your thinking. Allow the Lord to mold you for His purpose today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 39, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: 21 verse 24 they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations he's describing the time of the tribulation period he's really describing the time of the great tribulation the second half and Jerusalem will be trampled by gentiles until the times of the gentiles are fulfilled there's the phrase the times of the Gentiles. It, and he says, Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And, and so, he's, in the context, he's talking about Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. It will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. The times of the Gentiles can be defined as the period of time when Jerusalem will be ruled over by Gentiles. That time began and when Babylon conquered the city of Jerusalem in verse 3, chapter 39 of Jeremiah. And Jerusalem will be under Gentile rule until the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's the times of the Gentiles. From 586 BC until Jesus Christ returns. Now throughout that history... There are times where the Jews ruled over Jerusalem temporarily, where they regained control of the city during the time of the Maccabees, for example. For a short period of time, the Jews regained control over the city of Jerusalem. But it goes from 586 BC and stretches all the way until Jesus Christ returns. And there will be temporary times in history where the Jews have some control over the city of Jerusalem, like they do today. Since 1967, the Jews, the nation of Israel, have had control over the city of Jerusalem. But if you go to Jerusalem today, and you go to certain parts of the city of Jerusalem, the people that live in certain parts of the city of Jerusalem, like in the Arab Neighborhoods or in the Muslim quarter, they don't recognize the Jewish government. Uh, when we were there this last time, we were walking through an Arab neighborhood and there were some teenage boys that, have, that have passed us by, and they made a point of saying to us, welcome to Palestine. You know, they, they, don't, they don't see the Jewish government as legitimate, that's ruling over it. The Jewish government does not rule over the Temple Mount today. There's an Islamic foundation that rules the temple mount so they don't have control over all of the city they don't have control over the temple mount there's no jewish temple there today if you go to the temple mount there is a muslim shrine where the temple to yahweh once stood and just about anywhere you go in the city of jerusalem today you're going to hear the muslim call to prayer throughout the day through speakers throughout the city Everywhere you go, you hear the Muslim call to prayer. So yes, in a way, it, you know, the Jews have control over the city of Jerusalem, but in a way, they don't. They're not completely ruling over it. Not only that, Revelation chapter 11, if you're taking notes, Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, tell us that the Gentiles will yet tread Jerusalem down underfoot for three and a half years during the tribulation period. So that's something that's yet to come. It's describing a time when the Gentiles will tread Jerusalem underfoot. For three and a half years during the tribulation period. And so because of that we know that the current control the Jews have over Jerusalem. It's, it's not full control of Jerusalem and it's, it's temporary. Because during the tribulation, the Gentiles will tread Jerusalem underfoot for three and a half years. Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. So you can look at Jerusalem and and you can ask the question, well, why don't the Jews have full control over Jerusalem? Why is there so much tension over Jerusalem today? Why don't they have control over the Temple Mount? Why don't they have a temple on the Temple Mount? And, you, and, and we could give uh, like a political answer or explain the politics and the complex politics that's involved and the diplomacy that's involved in all that and all the you know blah, 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 blah politics, 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 right? What's the biblical reason? Because God in his judgment of the Jewish people for the rebellion, he gave the city of Jerusalem over to Gentiles to rule over it. So when you see a picture of the Temple Mount and you see the, the dome of the rock that you know dominates the Temple Mount, that, that's a reminder to us that that is the judgment of God against the Jewish people, for their rebellion, for their failure to repent and turn back to him, and it will remain the city will remain under Gentile power in some degree until the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's the time of the Gentiles. It began back with the Babylonians, 586 BC, and it's going to carry all the way through until Jesus Christ returns. Now, there is a difference, and I want to point this out because sometimes people get these two terms confused. There is a difference between the times of the Gentiles that we're talking about and the fullness of the Gentiles. Sometimes you hear that, that phrase as well. The fullness of the Gentiles. So I want to explain the difference to you. If you want to turn with me over to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Here Paul talks about the fullness of the Gentiles. And now the, the context of Romans 11. Actually Romans 9, 10, and 11. Is the salvation of the Jewish people. That God is not finished with the Jewish people. He hasn't forsaken them. His his, The gifts and calling of God are without uh, repentance. He hasn't changed his mind about the Jewish people. But here in Romans chapter 11 verse 25. He says, for I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Lest you should be wise in your own opinion. That blindness in part has happened to Israel not in, in, in entirety, blindness in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sin. So here he talks about uh, there's a, there's a, a spiritual blindness in part that has happened to Israel. Uh, th- that's why they, they just can't see how, many of them can't see how Jesus is their Messiah. Even though you can show them the scriptures in the Old Testament, you could go through them with them, uh, for many Jews, they're just spiritually blinded to it. Not all Jews. Uh, you, have, uh, you have Messianic Jews who believe and recognize and receive Jesus as their Messiah. So some Jews are believers in Jesus, but blindness in part has happened to Israel until, so it's temporary blindness, the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Until the fullness of the Gentiles. That word fullness there, it it literally means a set number. So the fullness of the Gentiles means that God has a set number of Gentiles that will believe on Jesus Christ and be saved. Isn't that something to think about? That he has, he has a set number of Gentiles that God will bring into the church. Right? Because you have in the world, you have Jews, you have Gentiles, and you have the church. And the church is made up of believing Jews and believing Gentiles that God has called out of the world into the church. And so he, he has this set number of Gentiles that will believe on Jesus Christ, that will be saved. And once that set number is reached, that's the fullness of the Gentiles. And then God turns back to the Jewish people after that, because the blindness is temporary for the Jewish people. And once that number is reached, the fullness of the Gentiles, then God turns back to Israel. And verse 26 All Israel at that time, once the blindness is lifted, it's it's not something about all Jews throughout all of history, but all Israel at that time will be saved. And again, that's going to be at the end of the age, that's going to be during the tribulation period.
0: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
1: It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: So the time of the Gentiles, it, it refers to the Gentiles ruling over Jerusalem, which lasts from 586 B.C. to the Second Coming. The fullness of the Gentiles refers to the total number of Gentiles that will be saved. People that believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church believe that when, once that last Gentile that will be saved is saved, then the rapture takes place, right? So whoever that last Gentile is, once that person, and we're kind of waiting on this guy, right, to, uh, to make his decision so we can all go home. Once he's saved or she's saved, then the rapture takes place and we're out of here. So make sure you share your faith with people because it might be the last one, Right? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> so now go back to Jeremiah 39. So that just gives you a little bit of understanding now of the times of the Gentiles and the fullness of the Gentiles. Jeremiah 39, verse 3, when it talks about the leaders of the kingdom of Babylon coming into the gate of the city of Jerusalem and establishing their government over Jerusalem. Now that begins the times of the Gentiles. Ruling over Jerusalem. Now that brings us to verse 4. And so it was when Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and all the men of war saw them, that they fled and they went out of the city of Jerusalem by night, by way of the king's garden, by the gate between the two walls, and he went out by way... Of, of the plain, or the Arabah. So now, Zedekiah the king, he's, he sees that the Babylonians have breached the wall of the city, that the city is, is going to fall. So in the middle of the night, Zedekiah and his family tried to flee from the city, and they go out. There's actually a place, it's, it's more tradition we're not sure if it's the actual place, but there is a place in Jerusalem called Zedekiah's cave. They think he may have escaped from the city using that cave, but we can't say for sure. But he, he goes out and it says he heads to the plain. He goes east is what that means. He heads to the east. He goes to the Arabah, which is the, in the Judean wilderness. He heads out to the desert. And and just based on the geography of the direction he's going and where the Babylonians finally capture him, it seems like he's heading out towards the desert to cross over the Jordan River and enter into the mountains of Perea. And And it seems he's heading off to the mountains to try to take refuge and hide out there. So he flees. Verse 5 says, but the Chaldean army, which is the Babylonians, they pursued them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. So he makes it all the way down to the area of Jericho, beyond Jericho, out in the plains. That's where the Jordan River was located. It's about 15 miles from Jerusalem. And when they had captured him, they brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to Riblah, in the land of Hamath, where he pronounced judgment on him. So so the Babylonian army caught up with Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. He, He makes it out of Jerusalem. He makes it all the way past Jericho, out into the plains of Jericho. He's almost to the Jordan River. He could probably see it. He was so close. He almost made it. But there's no chance he was going to make it. Because if you remember in previous chapters, Jeremiah warned him and told him, if you, if, you, if you surrender, you'll live and your family will be spared. If you don't surrender, you're going to be captured and you're going to be carried away to Babylon. And he, he got right there. Almost. But there's no way he was going to make it. Because the word of God says he's not going to. And they brought Zedekiah and his family to Nebuchadnezzar, it says in in, in Ribla. Ribla was about 200 miles from Jerusalem in modern day Syria. There's still a city there today, the city of Ribla. Uh, and, and it's believed that the king of Babylon set up kind of a, a temporary headquarters in Ribla as he was invading uh, that, that area of Israel down towards Egypt. And so he set up his headquarters there. And it says he's brought there the 200 miles to. Ribla to Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar pronounced judgment on Zedekiah. Verse 6 and 7 tell us the judgment. Look at the judgment. Then the king of Babylon killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes in Ribla. The king of Babylon also killed all the nobles, all the leaders of Judah. Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, killed Zedekiah's children before his own eyes and then gouged out Zedekiah's eyes so that the last thing he would see would be the execution of his own children. And for the rest of his life, he would be haunted by that image. Which would be a worse punishment than just being put to death. Right? If you were in that situation, just, just kill me. I don't want to live with that image. And I think the thing that is most sobering, and even maybe most infuriating about this whole, this whole picture here, this whole scene, is it was completely avoidable. It didn't have to happen this way. The nation didn't have to be destroyed. Zedekiah didn't have to watch his children murdered in front of him. All of this was avoidable. If you just look back in chapter 38, you may not even have to turn the page. Chapter 38, verse 17. It says, Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, If you surely surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then you, your soul shall, be, shall live, this city shall not be burned with fire, and you and your house shall live. But if you do not surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then this city shall be given into the hand of the Chaldeans. They shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from their hand. Jeremiah told Zedekiah, if he would just surrender, he would live, and his family would be spared, and the city of Jerusalem would be spared, and it would not be burned. And that was not the only time that God warned Zedekiah and told him this. Uh, he warned him in chapter 34, and he warned him in chapter 32. And if you remember, in chapter 32, Zedekiah imprisoned Jeremiah for prophesying that the city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians and that the king will also be given into the hands of the Babylonians. He put him in jail. He didn't want to hear it. And so then, you know, you, you have Zedekiah who, God warned him over and over and over that the path he was on was going to lead to his destruction and was going to lead to the destruction of everything that he had and the destruction of his family. And Zedekiah chose a path of just, you know, this 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 protracted disobedience and rebellion against God's word. And this protracted disobedience led to the destruction of everything. It led to him losing his kingdom. It led to his children being killed before his eyes. It led to the destruction of his family. And it led to his own blindness and his own bondage. Disobedience to God is a big thing. It's a big deal. It can be devastating. If you just continue to walk in disobedience without repentance, without turning back, it can cost you everything. Where you're just left blinded and bound. By your sin, by your disobedience. The Babylonians were ruthless with their enemies. They wanted their enemies to suffer. You know, the Bible tells us that we have an enemy that is more ruthless than the Babylonians, the devil. The devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil's desire is to kill, steal, and destroy us and to destroy our families and the people that we love. And if we choose the path of Zedekiah, the, the path of just protracted disobedience to the word of God and just ignoring the word of God and ignoring the warnings of God, we set ourselves up to see our families destroyed before our eyes. We set ourselves up to see the loss of everything that we work for and, and, and a life of spiritual blindness and, and bondage. That's where you end up. The best thing we can do for ourselves and for our families is to walk in obedience to the Lord. Doesn't mean we can do it perfectly, but to just walk in His ways. Keep His commands. Do our best to honor Him and obey Him. And just, just doing that, again, not without sin, not perfectly, but just doing that, we will avoid so much pain and so much destruction that is brought about by disobedience, by going our own way. Zedekiah is an example of that.
2: He asked me how I
0: We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com. Or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I
2: recognize truth